If you ask a man what is intimacy, a very common response is going to be intimacy is sex. But real intimacy is so much more than that. It's also learning to work through struggles as a couple. And uh, I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They lead the Focus Marriage Team. And Erin, you counsel a lot of individuals and couples, and uh, you have a, a thriving, vibrant practice. How often do you encounter husbands and wives who define intimacy differently? All the time. <laughs> okay. We were, Greg and I were sitting in the airport yesterday. I talked about that on an earlier episode. And we were talking about this question. And I was like, when do they not define it differently? I mean, sometimes they do see it the same way. But usually, as individuals, we see it differently. We define it differently based on how our heart feels connected to the other person. And so sometimes it is a gender difference, but sometimes it's a personality difference or a love language difference or, you know, and so I know for me, I feel so connected and intimate with Greg when we have a deep heartfelt conversation, but I don't know that that does it for you. I mean, definitely it connects me to you when we have that sort of conversation, but there's something though, I feel so intimate with you when we are just laughing and doing something fun together. We've gotten into this new game called Monopoly <laughs> Deal. It's just a card okay. game. Right. And it's been remarkable just how much fun it is to come home from work and we'll get dinner going and then we just sit down and, and while we're eating dinner, we're playing, we're playing this Monopoly <laughs> Deal. And, and, you might and call that with an addiction, the but, okay. but that's but but that's yeah. intimacy yeah. for me, and because we're just we're laughing and being goofy and stealing cards from each other. It's just it's a uh, it, yeah. So, so when I ask you for the definition, sexuality is not part of the definition. It, it would definitely. So when I say when we're doing something fun and enjoyable together, sex would definitely be a part of that. <laughs> but it's not just exclusively it's not exclusive, sex. Right. It's yeah. just I know that there's that that fun doing something together. Yeah. That really well, does it for me. In the sexual relationship between a husband and wife, have to have a heart connection beyond the physical act. That's what we're driving toward here, and that's what Gary Thomas and Deborah Faleta are talking about in this conversation with Jim Daly. Uh, how we communicate differently, our expectations, and um, all of the context of sexuality in marriage. I'm laughing because in that context, I mean, Jean and I just had this conversation because she, when we're sitting in the morning talking, having coffee together, connecting, Mm -hmm. which is good, right? You're all giving me an A right now. But the other day, she'll often start with the situation. She's down the line of the story. I don't have the context for what she's talking about. And I'll say, can you give me the banner? Then fill in the detail because she starts with the detail. I'm going, I don't know who you're talking about. And she'll, "Ah, well, I was going to give that to you at the end. I go, oh, it helps me if we start there and then I can understand context. But even that is to your point, Gary, I'm not kind of just listening and biting my tongue and saying, okay, I can go uh, items, then big noun and understand the context later. But for her, she wanted that to be a little surprise, yeah. right? That's what well, you're saying. Yeah. Well, I know a couple where I love it. They, they're stereotypical. It's not always this way, but she values emotional connection so that she can be physically intimate. He feels like he wants to be physically intimate before he can open up emotionally. It's not true with every couple. That's a stereotype. It's often true. But rather than see those as warring against each other, they see it as two different barometers. 
If he notices a physical yearning, he says, how do we get connected as a couple? If she notices the emotional disconnect, how do we get connected as a couple? So rather than, well, you've got to be physical so that I can be emotional, she says, I can't be physical if we're not emotionally connected. And he says, it's difficult for me to be emotionally connected if we're not physically connected because they both value connection. Emotional attachment is what they both strive after. They see it as two different warning lights. We don't want to let this go on too long and then deal with the underlying issues. That doesn't mean, okay, we got to have sex or we got to have a deep talk right now. It's what's happened. In their case, it was, are we too busy? Have we not done the check-ins? They like to do morning check-ins and then weekly check-ins. Um, Deborah and her husband, John, often do weekly check-ins as well. B but it's looking at it rather than selfishly, okay, how can I get my need met? It's a barometer. Okay, we're not connecting as a couple. It's not healthy that either of us are living long-term with unfulfilled desires like this. So how do we get reconnected jointly, mm. not one against the other, but both and? Let's move into some of those common problems, uh, which again is meant to be helpful. So if you're identifying with one of these, that would be the trigger to say, okay, I need to get the book, get in touch with Focus, get a hold of a counselor. And that's our intention to move you along into a healthier continuum. That's the goal for all of us. Um, let me go back to that disappointment. And maybe with the couples that you're counseling with, Deborah, you can give us some insight here where uh, it's that regular pattern of husband probing, wife rejects, husband probes, wife rejects, and that pattern goes on. And, and there may be connection, physical connection, whatever that, you know, once a month or twice a month, but it's more infrequent than what would probably be healthy. And everybody struggles with that number, right? Everybody, get to that question, Jim, what's a normal sex life look like? And maybe you can weave that in. But the point of it is the rejection, because when that happens, men turn to anger and they you know, don't know how to manage that rejection perhaps, and they need to work on that. So just as a common problem right there, how do you manage not connecting and not taking that personally? Yeah. So one of the number one problem spots that come up in marriage is a difference in desire. And oftentimes I'll have each person in the marriage write down the number that they would like to have sex per week. So the husband writes down a number, the wife writes down a number. And what's interesting is most often the numbers aren't that far apart. And so it begs the question, more than how many times do we want to be having sex? The deeper question is why? Why is this the number of times I want to be intimate in my marriage? And why are we not achieving this number? Let's have that conversation that's because good. that's where we start. Yeah. And maybe the answer to that is we're not emotionally connecting and we need to work on that. Maybe the answer to that is our schedules are just too full and we don't have the time. We're not prioritizing it. For each couple, the why is going to look a little bit different. But in order to get on the same page, the why is the most important thing to ask. That's the route that we have to get to in order to solve that problem. And what you'll find, and one thing that we've seen in the research that we've done, is that most couples want to have sex more than they are. They're just not sure how to get there, and they're not having conversations about it. No, that's good. And it would indicate something is not quite as healthy as it needs to be. Anything you want to add to that, Gary? I mean, stress is part yeah. of it. Work stress, you've kind of alluded to that for yourself. Well, one thing that's helpful is just to understand the different ways our brains operate. And this isn't a male-female thing. This is just different brains. And researchers have used different terms. One is responsive desire, and one is spontaneous desire. And as you've described yourself, 
Jim, your clearly spontaneous <laughs> desire. You don't need a reason. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter if you're tired. If the thought is there, you're open for it, right? Sure. Um, responsive desire means somebody literally has to allow themselves to be in a wanted way. Consent is paramount physically stimulated before their brain desires more intimacy. And some people might recognize this if it never really seems like a good idea, but maybe they decide just to, you know, be nice to their spouse or something. They get done and say, why don't we do this every night? It's just responsive desire. Their brain doesn't really kick into arousal until physical stimulation happens. Now, your brain isn't your fault. One brain isn't better than the other. It's just the person who has spontaneous desire can't expect his or her spouse to not operate the way their brain operates and they might initiate more and they shouldn't take it personally. Um, but the one who recognizes their responsive spouse says, okay, how do I guard against that immediate, not now, but maybe. Now, again, in context, you always have the right to say no, but you also realize the way that your brain operates, you might really desire it if things go along. And so maybe can be a very healthy word in marriage. You can say, well, we can cut a little bit, we can kiss a little bit, maybe something happens, maybe it doesn't. There needs to be a climate of, of safety and security and each other respecting each other, but often it's, it's respecting that we're making love to someone who has a different brain, a different pattern of arousal, and celebrating that and appreciating that and figuring out how do we make that work to serve the relationship, not just my desires, but our mutual relationship to have a mutually pleasurable sexual experience. Well, some great content there from Deborah and Gary, and what a conversation. And uh, Greg, I'd love for you to address that couple who just isn't having sexual intimacy as often as one or both would like. Uh, how can they kind of work through all of that and level set and reach a point of feeling good about uh, the sexual dynamic in the, in the marriage? Yeah, the key, John, is patience. And I, I love words. I love to explore and understand words. Yeah. Patience, two broad definitions. One is totally perfect for what we're talking about. The other doesn't work at all. Part of the meaning of patience is an ability to suppress pain. Hmm. That is That's not helpful for this situation. Yeah. This is not about burying the feelings that I'm having, the frustration, the disconnect that I'm feeling around. Maybe that you know that, that I'm not having sex as much as I would want to. Another part of patience is a willingness to bear pain. So what that looks like is that it, when Aaron and I go through hard times, whether that's you know sexual frustration or you name it. Part of what I want to do is I want to bear that pain with her. And what that means is that am I willing to, to posture myself that we are in this together, something's not working, but I really want to support her, support me. I want to, I want to bear this together. And what that does is that often then leads to conversation. Like if I'm going to bear this frustration that's going on in my marriage, then I want that to lead to a conversation. I always say the first place I want to go around sexual frustration is to understand what's really going on. Because it can be such a variety of things. It could be stress. It can be depression, uh, erectile dysfunction. It could be a medical issue, 
pornography, hormones, small children, past sexual trauma. I mean, there's so many things that can be interfering with our sexual relationship that that's not about me or not personal towards me. Mm-hmm. And so really sitting down with Aaron to talk that through, to better understand that, then we can go deal with that. So if it's a relationship issue, um, we can go and talk to a counselor. If it's a depression, I can go get medication. If it's a you know hormone thing, whatever it is, we can go mm-hmm. to a physician. So what it does is it, it, it helps us to really get clear. But sadly, most couples don't end up talking about this. They just they do the the part of patience, which isn't helpful, which is they kind of bury this, mm-hmm. and they just just walk forward, yeah. and they get they drift further and further apart. Yeah, that, that actually was a season for us. There was there were a lot of stressors on the family, and uh, we went through a, a period of time where we we didn't have sexual intimacy and we didn't talk about it, and it was so freeing when we finally got right. around to saying, hey this is really important to me. How can we deal with right. this? How can we find time? How can we make this you part of our... that together? Yes, yes. So I just want to encourage you, have the conversation. And if you don't know how to start it, contact us and uh, ask to speak with one of our caring Christian counselors. They're so good. They are going to listen to you. They're going to offer some insight. And if you need ongoing counseling, they'll find somebody in your area. We have a nationwide network of uh, counselors that we Thousands trust. Thousands of counselors, yes. yeah. So we can find somebody to connect you with. Uh, the point is we want to help, and we're a phone call away. Call to schedule your appointment today, 800, the letter A in the word family. Now, sexuality is one of the aspects, one of the components of marriage that's covered in our free online marriage assessment, which takes just a few minutes to fill out. I'm going to encourage you, if you're not uh, yet familiar with that assessment, sit down with your spouse and take it uh, together and find some common talking points. Uh, The communication makes marriage so much richer and so much better. And that marriage assessment is going to shine the light on things that are going well and maybe some things you'd like to see some uh, improvement in. And then finally, if you're in a position to be able to make a gift to Focus on the Family, either a monthly pledge, which is really helpful, it helps kind of smooth things out between uh, the different months and seasons, or maybe you're in a spot where a one-time gift is what you can do. Uh, Either way, say thank you to Focus on the Family and affirm us in making podcasts like this and make it possible for us to continue reaching out through podcasts and resources. Uh, And we'll say thank you back by sending a copy of the book by Gary Thomas and Deborah Faleta. It's called Married Sex, and it is rich in its practicality and its biblical insights about this uh, particular aspect of marriage. All the details for joining the support team and getting a copy of that book are in the show notes. More from Deborah and Gary next time. And for now, on behalf of the Smallies and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.